Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast. My name is Patrick. And my name's Antonia. And what the hell is going on? In our dear country, in our dear world, <sighs> I was waiting for you to fix that. I'm like, it's definitely not just North America, but okay. But it does feel like our country is unique in a way that it is addressing and experiencing the coronavirus in comparison to other countries. What I mean by that is maybe it's the 24-hour media cycle. Maybe it is that, but it just feels like the hysteria and the greed and the capitalism and the politics are seen, like, just seems to be intensifying at the same rate as the viruses. And that is probably, I'm not sure what's more um, frightening, receiving the virus or the hysteria in the politics. I'm not sure. Um, so later, can we talk about this conspiracy theory I have about the virus? <laughs> um, but I will say, like, the 24-hour news cycle is rough. Because it definitely feels like it's been 74 days since the last time I was at school and at work and that things were normal. But it has actually been less than a week. So if you also feel this way, you are not alone. I definitely feel like it's, yeah, like I said, 74 days. It's been a long time. But before we dive into that, you know what time it is. What good news do you have on the table today? I have been walking a lot more. (laughs) I walked four miles yesterday. Or not four miles, 3.5 miles total, which is insane. Um. And it's technically my spring break, so I've not been doing anything. I planted some stuff outside. I've been enjoying sweet treats, like ice cream <laughs> I never buy. I Who know. says sweet treats? A kindergarten though. teacher. Um, <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of calling family members and fussing which I think is good news in my opinion because I don't always call and reach out and talk to people. So this has given me an excuse to call people and be like, hey, are you following directions? So, And what directions are those? To stay in the house and not go to church, but, you know, that's a completely different conversation because they are not listening. Um, It's hard being the child of an adult, a parent. It's hard parenting the parents. They don't listen. Um, but yeah, what's your good news? So my good news this week, let's see. Um, I think I am still on a high from my trip to Mexico, which was a month ago. (laughs) It was that long ago? Yes. Yes. No, 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 no. There's no way that was a month ago. It really was. Yeah. It was a whole month ago. Um, it was Valentine's day week. Which is God, time is creeping. Yeah, it's so fast. 
Um, so in light of Mexico, I think I've sort of carried that spirit into the coronavirus season. So I am eating good. I am walking in the sun when it's available. Um, <laughs> I am, you know, sleeping in and getting work done. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to make the best of the hysteria, the best of the craziness that is happening in our society right now. Um, I think I'm just grateful to have that choice and to be in that space. Um, so I'm also grateful for gratitude at this moment. That's so adorable. Also, I had a really amazing therapy session today and by no means like our does good therapy session mean easy? Because it was definitely a really hard conversation that we had. But I just want to shout out to all the therapists out there who are still meeting with clients and people. Um, I guess clients are people. Uh, and still, like, you know, channeling the um, that spirit because it really helped me out in light of everything that's going on. So shout out to my therapist. That's amazing. I saw one of my friends said that like her therapist is still doing um, in-person sessions, but she like completely rearranged her office to offer social distancing during the session. What? <laughs> so what is she on the other side of the room? Yeah. And she was like, it was weird because it's not like they sit real close to begin with, but now they're on like completely opposite ends of the room. Um. But I, I thought I just thought it was cool that she's like going through the lengths of doing that. But also, sweetheart, like maybe let's just move to an online platform at this point. That's the next step. Yeah, like I don't want to feel like I have to yell my story to you on the other side of the room. And, <laughs> like people are on the other side of the wall listening. Like what? What are they going through? What did he just say? Right. I feel like that in the office sometimes because the rooms are so close together. So I'll be like, let me use a calm voice because I don't know. I want people to know my business. You were going to have to closely like listen when you edit because I. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the. <laughs> you hear the. It's like, what is he drinking? Wine. <sighs> so the last time we talked to y'all, we were in the midst of the school year. We were smack dab in the middle, figuring things out. Going through the highs and the lows of Antonia's fourth year, my fifth year, and you know things had gotten busy, things had gotten crazy in our lives. I can't believe we've been gone away for so long, but we are back. Um, <laughs> sorry, and we got some really crazy news um as you heard in the last podcast which was that the coronavirus has made its way to the united states trump knew about the coronavirus since january he thought it was a hoax it is not and turned down kit like testing kits right from the world health organization that too and on top of all of that, um, now states 
around the country are trying to clean up his mess and at the same time i think gain political points um in order to solve this global crisis is it fair if i call it a global crisis i think so yeah definitely okay so with that being said i have currently four weeks off of school as mandated by governor whitmer of michigan and you um i'm not sure actually so last what was it's been a week so last thursday the 14th i think 13th or 14th of march um our district decided right after the world health organization announced that it was a global pandemic they decided to close schools the next day like by five o'clock all the schools in the houston area were shut like shut down for at least two weeks um and this week was our spring break so nothing was going to be taking place this week anyway and when we shut down before spring break they were like oh we'll be back march 31st because march 30th was chavez uh and huerta day it was just like a holiday to honor them and then earlier this week, we got news that we will be back April 13th, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, as of right now, we're not going back until April 13th. So it will have been about a month. I'm just curious, like, what was your response when this happened or they announced that you would not be going back to school? I think I... I knew it was coming and that's, I think it's just because I'm so active on Twitter and I love Twitter because like you can see firsthand accounts from people like across the globe, right? Across the world. Like, um, I was reading things from Italy and South Korea and realizing, you know, people here in the U S are not taking it as seriously as they should have been. And here we are two weeks later and things are mirroring what was happening in Italy and like things are shutting down and People who were like, oh, you're just being dramatic. It's like, "Mm, okay, you're in the house now. Um, So I saw it coming, but I I didn't prepare in the sense like with my students. So we were supposed to take a field trip that Thursday and they canceled it. And our kids were super upset. And we were supposed to have this huge art thing on that Friday. And again, the kids are super upset. So there were things that they were looking forward to that just got, like, they just got canceled or postponed because we obviously couldn't have them. And I think in the moment, I wasn't thinking too much about, like, the the impact it would have because I just wanted to be home for, like, my safety. Um, You know, people are saying, like, oh, closing school short term doesn't do anything, yada, yada, yada. And the district had announced this plan to limit visitors and kids would still be coming. But it's just, like... If kids are coming, they've interacted with the adults in their lives and whoever the adults in their lives have interacted with. And it's, yes. I, I feel like schools are, at least in kindergarten, a breeding ground for germs and, and viruses and colds. And I've caught absolutely every single thing this year that my kids have had. And so I was really concerned about what the plan was going to be as this continued to spread because I had like I didn't want to be at school. And I knew as long as the school was open, people are going to send their kids, which 
Like, that's fine. If the schools are open, send them, obviously. But we don't know who the kids have come in contact with. We don't know who their parents have come in contact with. And as a result, I'm being exposed to that. And kindergartners don't know how to cover their mouth when they cough. They don't know how to cover their mouth and nose when they sneeze. Um, Immediately after they do so, they come and touch you and hug on you. And so it's like, I felt like I was at the front line of catching anything that my kids had been exposed to. So I, I was extremely relieved when it got canceled. Um, And it was only maybe yesterday that I started to feel a little sad that I may potentially not be able to close the year out with them. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I was that person who was naive. I said to myself, and I probably said this to you, like, okay, it's here, but it's not coming to Michigan. Oh, you definitely did. (laughs) I will put you out on front street. You did. (laughs) Girl, I'm going to the bar. What? That's exactly. Yeah, you're like, yeah no, I'm not. I'm not changing nothing. Okay, Patrick. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna start a fight. But, uh... Um, yeah, and then literally overnight, Friday. I think that was Thursday. I had told you that school was canceled immediately on Friday, and then um, we get word that schools are closed for the next three weeks. And then that goes into our spring break. We thought our spring break was going to be canceled and it's not canceled. So that's going to be four weeks off of school. And I'm literally just flabbergasted. I'm like, what? (laughs) This is really happening. This feels like something out of a like movie or something. I don't know. I just was I've been freaking out ever since that day because I, I've never lived through something this extreme ever. Um, to me, besides, um, I feel like the last time our country has been like feeling this crazy, this extreme, to me, has been 9-11. And I'm going to say that because H1N1, Ebola, swine flu, all that stuff, like we did not, re- it didn't, I didn't get the hysteria the the way that I'm getting it now, um, and we so were also much younger though. I very much remember all of those. Really, and I I don't. I just remember jokes about swine flu. Like literally, that's all I remember. No, I remember that, and I remember it, it was the same thing. Um, wash your hands, hand sanitizer, blah 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 blah. But people were not running to grocery stores, getting mounds of toilet paper. People were not. Um, buying up all the milk and eggs like it's an apocalypse. So, I mean, were people nervous? Yeah, but I I didn't feel like that sort of pressure. And if even if I was younger, sure. But the way that the kids are internalizing this now, they feel it. I didn't feel it when I was their age. I told you how one of my kids when we I told them we were gonna have to cancel the field trip. She looked at me and she was like, but why? Kids don't kids don't get sick from this. And so that's well, when I knew, <laughs> that's when I knew that like adults were talking about it with my kids. I did not bring up COVID-19 with my kindergartners until they brought it up, which is very much my stance with anything that happens because if my kindergartners aren't worried about it, I'm not going to bring up something that's very um What's the word I'm looking for? Very not traumatic, but um, like super extreme. I'm not. I'm just not going to bring it up to them um, because I mean they're five and six, 
So when she brought it up, I was like, oh, someone's like saying this at home. But oddly enough, that was Thursday, no, Wednesday. And then the next day we came and we we did our regular routine and then we went home and I've not seen them since. And I haven't emailed out anything to parents because it's our spring break. And I'm waiting to see like what my district's plan is because... As of right now, I don't see how we could do online learning in a district as large as mine is with so many children from homes that don't regularly have all of their needs met um, and are in under-resourced communities. So we'll see what happens. But I, I mean, like, I have very strong thoughts about the way that we're all transitioning to online learning and what that means for next year when school starts and, you know, some kids receive the last nine weeks of content and some kids didn't. And what does this mean district to district? And what does this mean school to school? Because some schools may have students who, you know, every kid has access to internet and every kid has access to a tablet or a laptop and they can continue. But the school two miles away, that's not the demographic that they serve. And what does that mean when you start looking at ratings and scores and where kids are coming in, like it, it's next year if we are back in August, right? Um, I think it's going to be chaos. And let's just call a thing a thing. It is chaos. So let's take this one by one and let's really dig into it because funny enough, I've said this for many, many years now, which is education has never been a national priority. It's never been something that folks have been honestly thinking about. It's not, nothing that we've ever thought about, you know, together as a nation be, be, because those teachers, you know, they got it. Um, schools, they got it, right? And I think that we've sort of been on autopilot. But what we've seen is that this pandemic has really highlighted um, the necessity of schools, the necessity of education and teachers, but also just like the complexity and the nuances and the issues that are like deep rooted in um education so number one um one of the first things that have come up is inequities right with access to distance learning it's just so funny it's just like people have been automatically trying to follow i think the colleges and universities lead which is like oh we'll just put the kids online right but we have seen that not all kids have the same technologies. They don't, some kids don't have internet. Some internets run faster than others, right? And I've seen that within my own classroom um, and with my own students and just throughout all of my um, families that I've taught over the last five years, right? Like we can't assume that kids are ready to bounce and do distance learning effectively. But then we also know that packets are ineffective. I mean, not even, I mean, that, but also a lot of families have more than one child and you, we're assuming yes. that family yes. has more than one device for each child to be on and more like has the support for each child to have the support that they need during those online lessons. Like when I see kindergartners doing online lessons and I've seen pictures of kids doing them with their teachers, like via Instagram and Twitter, and there's an adult behind them. What happens when there's, like, more than one child, like, trying to also do online learning at the exact same time? So, like, is the adult trying to, like, fly between all these kids? And then it just becomes, I feel like it's causing chaos in families and it's placing undue, like, unnecessary stress on them. 
when as a country we should have taken a moment to stop and pause and like let families collect themselves as best as they can before jumping into this and we did not do that I feel like as a whole we were like okay well let's continue business as usual yes impossible because as a country we've never been through something like this or not to say we've never been but like in present day we've never Mm -hmm. experienced this and so to try to continue business as normal and immediately switched to online remote working and continuing all the conference calls and whatnot. It's just like, it's chaotic and it seems like everyone's stressed out from it. And like, why can't we just take a moment to stop and breathe and like, just be, why is that not an option? Yes. I think rollout is so important for distance learning, right? Like so many schools um, that I've seen and talked to, like they started distance learning so quickly you know, and that's because we think that children need structure and we fundamentally believe that education schools have like the best structure for kids. You know what I'm saying? And so with that, it's like, well, if the kids are not in school, then they're not learning. If kids are not, are not in school, then they're not, they're, they're not doing anything. Right. And, um, it's kind of this like elitist mindset that we have sort of taken on as an institution, as a, you know, as a, as a, as schools all across the U S. Um, but I would have loved to see, you know, just building off of your point, schools really taking a pause and allowing for people to really just soak in all the things that are happening because things are changing so rapidly. Hello. They're changing so rapidly. Every and day so, there's a new development. Every day there's a new development. Well, I mean, that's extreme. Like it seems like every hour. There's some, some there's something quote unquote breaking, which I think what is even breaking anymore? You, you know, like hello, I don't it seems like everything is breaking now. But um I agree. We should have definitely taken time off to say, hey, like let 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 us soak this in, let us get a plan together. Um, and that leads me to just ask, you know, this is what I think that the secretary of education, um, is supposed to set the vision for the schools of America, right? You you know, who's in office though. So did you forget? I didn't forget. I didn't. Okay. Okay. Just ask. what I'm saying is. Um, you know, she should have definitely, I would have loved to see the secretary of education saying, hold on, schools are closing. I acknowledge that here are, here's what the federal government is going to do. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, come on y'all. So that's one. There's a distance learning issue happening in our country. Two. Um, I think that we have to discuss what you've already started, which is, I think we are still confused about the role of parents in education. I think it's highlighting how we don't do our best communicating with them, um, which is really unfortunate because up and down Facebook, I see parents asking for help with how to teach XYZ or like, they're just yelling the same directions at their kids. And it really shows that 
what we're teaching in school, we're not exposing parents to also, which means we like to say that it's like a partnership, but is it truly a partnership when the moment that parents have to be accountable or not even accountable, the moment parents have to teach their children the rest of the content or the rest of the curriculum that they're floundering and don't know what to do? Like, have we really yes. developed a partnership that they know how to continue with this? Um, and it's making me like, obviously, I said my district has not asked me to do anything yet. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's making me think about how next year, Lord willing, that we're in school in August. Like, how can we adjust what we expose parents to and what we share with parents so that if this ever happens again or if there's ever any extended time at home again, that parents are able to jump in right away and supplement or continue with what they need to teach their children instead of feeling like they don't know where to start or what to pull or what to do. Because it breaks my heart to just see parents like getting worksheets because that's not like that's not what I do all day. And it feels really inauthentic to offer worksheets to parents in this time, right? Because learning can happen lots of different ways. And learning at home does not have to look like what learning at school looks like. The only reason we're in school eight, seven, eight hours a day is because we have a 40 hour work week. Your child's mm. not going to work at home. For six, seven hours. That's unrealistic. But here's the thing, though. I think that we have not done a good job as a nation to really sit down and say or to value the home as a place where education happens. That's why schools are imposing themselves, you know, through distance learning uh, uh, into families' homes and trying to recreate the school day as best as possible. And I think that that is like truly concerning. But like you said, you know, there are so many different ways that children can learn. Um, and it's bringing me to my third point, which is c- clearly the erasure of standardized testing um, has come. And so now that some states don't have to worry about standardized testing, the pressure to have to be so quote unquote standards based, I think is, is over. I'm really, I'm going to be really excited to see what happens with the next year, because in the Houston area, obviously we've also been impacted by COVID-19. So Texas has waived all requirements for star, um, for this year, but Texas also, waived requirements for Houston area schools for STAR when Harvey hit. So within the last five years, we've had requirements waived twice. And obviously, I don't teach a STAR testing grade, but if I had a parent of a child, if or I mean, if I was a parent of a child in those STAR testing grades, like what message does that send? Like all year, my kid gets information about this STAR test and then boom, natural disaster, they don't have to take it. And then boom, next year, nothing happens, they take it. And then boom, next year, there's a virus that hits the world and now you don't have to take it. Why would I subject my child to taking that in fifth grade? Yes. Or in sixth grade or seventh? Like, why would I do that when I've seen the state of Texas twice say, oh, don't worry about it this year? That shows me and it tells me that this test is, it's nothing. And I'm not completely against some form of standardized tests that, you know, we can measure kids with that if they move from school to school in Texas or they move from school to school across the country, there's some there's some metric of like what they've accomplished or what they know or where they're at so that you're not completely starting at ground zero with knowing where to place them. But it should not be that 
one single test determines the content that they're exposed to, the activities that they do, the lessons that they receive. Mm. And the way that the state of Texas just magically made STAR disappear says a lot. And I, I would hope that next year parents remember this happening and they say, wait, like, whoa, wait a minute. Why does my child have to take it this year if last year just wasn't required? And in Texas, you can opt out. You just don't have your kid take the test. Like, it's an option. It, it almost reminds me of when teachers complain and say, well, if you're not going to grade it, then don't assign it, um, <laughs> which kind of just is the same thing. If standardized testing is so disposable, then um, we ought to not assign it in the first place, especially considering that we're supposed to be delivering high quality distance learning um, despite the pandemic that's going on. And so if the pandemic is not like is a. Hmm. I think I want to say that the pandemic is a huge deal. It's a crisis, but hasn't our nation's schools always been in crisis? Haven't it? You know, the things that we've seen um, that impact students learning, Black students' ability just to be um, in schools, haven't we seen that? And is that not a reason to cancel high-stakes testing? So I think that we ought to just really assess what we consider to be a crisis, Um because I would say that our nation's schools have been in trouble, have been in crisis have been in a pandemic um, for a very, very long time. I almost want to know, like, are we getting a refund on this money we spent on these tests? Are we getting a refund? And who's paying <laughs> for my who's paying for my Internet since I need to walk from home? I also want to know that. Like, I get that Xfinity has, you know, waived limits but I pay internet every single month, and now I'm expected to use my internet to do my job. I I don't know. They also made an announcement like that they expected teachers to call and check in on families, and I'm just like, I'm not giving out my personal phone number. So, how is this going to work? Like, I can create a Google number, which if you are also being asked to make calls, I would say do a Google number. Don't give out your real number. I'm not in that party. I know some people do that, but I am not in that party. Um. But yeah, I'm really curious about what's going to happen to the money because I'm sure, you know, contracts have been made or signed and money has been distributed. But like the testing companies didn't have to do their part. They didn't have to hold up their end of the bargain. So what does that mean for us and the amount of money that we spent on it? Like what impact could that have on school districts if we just got it back magically? I'm not sure. I don't think we're going to find out. So, Well, today is March... 19th, right? Um, and so I think it is time that we do the first ever Common Sense Pod predictions. Okay. 30 days from now, what will be the state of our schools? We will not be in school. Um, and when we do... Grading and promotions, I think we're going to determine that based on where kids were mid-March, at least in Houston. Um, I think that we will be back in school. So optimistic. 
I'm not optimistic. I think that America has such a deep commitment to capitalism that they will not go more than four weeks, like deviating from that. I think the economy, like plummeting, is going to be like such a a punch in the stomach. You know, <laughs> that was such a weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's kind of graphic. You know. You know how they like knock the wind out of you? Like that's how I feel like the economy will be, you know what I'm saying? And so like I think that America is going to find a, a way to put us back in school. Um and by America, I mean Michigan, Governor Whitmer. Um our next pred- prediction will states begin to create more equitable measures to ensure um, distance learning happens um, for all students? I don't think so. I think it's hard to do that right now. Um, And trying to do so means that other people are also at work. Um, I know my district is trying to, I think they said before all this happened, they had um, approved an order for like over a thousand pieces of technology, but they were very vague about what the thousand pieces of technology were. What is 1,000 going to do for your huge ass district? That too. Um, I just, I don't see how any of this ends up being equitable for children across the board. I don't. Because... You have technology, you don't have technology. You have parents at home to help with the learning. You don't have parents to help at home with the learning. You have kids who are being the caregiver right now. You have kids who, I mean, I I just don't see how we bounce back from that this year. I don't. And expecting to do so is extremely optimistic and unfair. Of And it's like asking unfair things of children, honestly. Like, Offering something that they can work on and, you know, an opportunity to socialize and connect with their peers, great. If they can, they can. If they can't, they can't. You can't penalize kids for things that they cannot control. So, But but we've been doing that. I know. <laughs> well, like, that is the American education system. Penalizing kids for things that they cannot control. Creating systems that are directly responding to things that are kid that kids cannot con- control making kids pay for things that are out of their control making kids uh suffer for things that are out of their control making kids flunk and repeat grades for things that are out of their control making kids um uh 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 not be able to have jobs um or or struggle to um, truly achieve their wildest dreams because of things that are out of their control. The American education system is, I'm telling you, they are responsible for that. I think after this is all said and done, we're going to be really disappointed when we go back and people go back to the status quo and doing things as things were done before. That's going to be the most upsetting part of this. Knowing that we could have like recreate and reimagined a better system for children and families knowing that we could have recreated and reimagined a system for children and families and that we turned away from that. That's going to be the most exciting part. Yeah. I'm not sure what will happen, but this is a chance for 
teachers. It is a chance for students. It is a chance for, well, I'm sorry, not students. It's, it's a chance for teachers and systems and schools to, to throw everything that they know out of the window and do something different. Try something new. We have the ability to do that with this pandemic. Um, if that means that every child in America has internet access and a device to take home with them, then we have gained something from this. But let us not continue to further inequities in education um, just because we are trying to do what you said, which is business as usual. It's unacceptable and we will not continue this. So with that being said, how is the coronavirus impacting your life? I'm seeing it all over social media, but I want you to tag us at Common Sense Pod or um, on Instagram and Twitter so that we can be in conversations. And what is your conversation? Uh, what is your prediction? Your 30 day pre- pre- prediction? What will be the state of America's uh, schools? Let us know. And we are going to take a short break and be right back. See y'all later. Well, not see y'all later, but I'll see y'all in a second. Just hold on one moment. Yeah. And we're back. If you have questions or comments, like you just want to talk about COVID-19 and what your school and district is doing, you can email us at commonsensepod at gmail.com, or you can reach us through our website at commonsensepod.com. Any last thoughts, Patrick? I am curious about this quote. Okay. Well, it's one that I've seen floating all over Instagram and Twitter. And it really, when I saw it for the first time, it made me stop and kind of just be like, yeah, you know, that's right. That's true. I should do that. So if you've not seen it, after you listen to it, I encourage you to go find it. And I encourage you to do something that the quote mentions. So this week's quote is from Kitty O'Meara. I hope I'm saying that right. And it says, and the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, and some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and they made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they had been healed. So hopefully that encourages you to do something that can heal you in this crazy chaotic time and encourages you to take a moment and just be and listen to what your body needs and maybe what your spirit needs. And maybe that's you taking a moment to like, breathe or read or plant something. I planted like five different types of flowers the other day and it brought me so much joy to be doing something with my hands and not using my hands to scroll on Twitter and Instagram and maybe share that small piece of joy with someone else in your life and I don't know, just find new ways of bringing calm into your life that you can continue once this is hopefully past us and we've ventured off into our new normal. So. That's this week's quote. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is a it's it's a it's a to me, and I don't mean to get churchy. Ah. Um, 
but and I don't actually I don't even know if I want to say this because people are actually dying, but I think that for many of us this is a for me it feels like I'll say that for me it feels like a god-given break because I felt like for so long I had been so stressed about going to school, going home, trying to fit everything into my schedule, trying to um, keep up with the hustle and the bustle of the 40-hour-plus work week, right? And then this pandemic comes off that says, hey, slow down, stay at home, right? And so, you know, I'm not working the same amount of hours that I was working when I taught. I'm literally working four to six hours a day, you know? If that, um, yeah. because I'm, I'm actually Skyping my kids um, or in Google Hangout with my kids for four hours a day, and then I'm grading and actually posting content for them to engage in. I am um, so serious about really practicing and developing those self-care habits that I didn't have the time to build when I had to walk into the school building every day. I would agree with that, yeah. It just, it takes a lot away um, because you can put it out there and they can engage with it if they, like, when and if it's feasible and you just move from there. And I know it's not going to be like this in the long term, but it it's showing that a new way is possible. That's all I can keep saying. Like, a new way is possible and we don't have to continue to do things like they've always been done. Yes, I am seeing students who were not engaged in school really kicking ass at home. I am seeing more parents calling me and saying, oh, my God, like, you know, like, thank you for teaching them about race and racism and blah, 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 blah. Like, I am grateful for that. I am seeing um, students leading more in like via Google Hangout than they were when I was teaching them in classrooms, right? Like I'm seeing so much happening with students um, through this distance learning process. I'm seeing so much happening with myself. And so I just really want to like reiterate to like, if you have the privilege to to take time for yourself, please do because that's what these additional hours are for, for us. Um, And I I know that we don't always have the same situation. Some of us have children. Some of us um, don't live in an environment where we're able to take a break. Some of us are still in school. Um, But if for those who are able, I really want you to take advantage of this time so that when when the day comes where we do have to walk our little selves back up in the school building, we come with new ideas. We come ready to fight and we come ready to greet to greet our students because ultimately our students don't deserve to spend the rest of the school year at home. They don't. Yeah. They yeah. they don't deserve to spend the rest of the school year in isolation. They don't. But um if they do, you know, this is a time for us to be creative. This is a time for us to really figure out what is out there. This is a time for us to make things equitable and not have to worry about testing or the day-to-day hustle and bustle. This is this is our time. I really feel like that. And, you know, obviously, we I'm not trying to catch corona in the meantime, but I do want to be as safe and precautious and still 
like reach back and like find my love of teaching, um, which I felt like was so lost in the capitalistic society that we live in and was so lost in the 40 hour work week. And so I'm starting to find that love again in distance learning. And that's just the reality of the matter. So I'm interested to see not only what education is like in 30 days, I'm interested to see what I'm like as a teacher in 30 days and, and what my students are like in 30 days um, and to see, you know, what really is the impact? Be- because if we or when we go back, we're not going back the same. We're no. not going yeah. back the same at all. Um whether that's good or bad, we're not walking back into the school district doing business as usual because we are forever changed by the coronavirus. So um, with that, I say lean into the change, sleep, eat, breathe, walk, exercise, create, paint, color, tear, rip, take some things out. <laughs> be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. If you have kids at home, like you you know that you're not going to be able to replicate a school day. And it's okay. Like the kids will be all right. They really will. We'll figure it out when we get back in school, if that's this year, if it's next year. But don't put the pressure on yourself to replicate what your kids would have been experiencing seven hours a day. Because the school day is trash anyway. Thank Amen. you so much for listening. <laughs> and uh, we will see you all next time. I'll holler at y'all. See y'all later. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews um, and reading them, and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted. Yes, and we'll see you next time.